0: Well, it is always good to be be home. This is this is home. <laughs> Whenever we're traveling, besides our home, of course, this is our our home away from home. I uh, just got in this afternoon from Colorado. Been in Colorado the last two days doing meetings. We did uh, uh, eleven meetings in Alabama last week, and uh, Heather and I leave tomorrow. We'll be in Oklahoma for the next till Sunday doing meetings every day. We. Um, and then uh, we'll get back Sunday, then I head to Australia Monday for two weeks, um, just reaching people for the glory of God. Amen? Amen? So when you think of us, please be praying for us, and because uh, we're praying for you even whenever we're not here. And uh, my bride doesn't get to go with me to Australia this time, but um, maybe next time. It's, is it Mama? The, the anointing of Mama's honor. <laughs> it's an important anointing, right? Uh, how's everybody doing? Good. Good, good. Man, it's good to see you. It's been a while since I've been able to be here, and so it's good to see your smiling faces and some of your shiny heads. Climb my head. <laughs> uh, Pastor, thank you. Thanks for thanks for allowing me to be here and be a part. Uh, if you would, go ahead and turn with me to 2 Timothy. We're going to start in chapter, chapter 1, and I know we've been ministering on faith for quite some time, and Pastor, just... Uh, said so to share, share what the Lord has placed on your heart. And so hopefully if you're watching by way of internet tonight, if you would grab your pen and paper. And this is something that I've been hearing for the body of Christ, is that there's a rekindling and a recapturing, and that it's not about your past, but it's about your future. That there's a rekindling and a recapturing. And it's not about our past, but it is about our Future. Now, listen to the definition of rekindle. It means to relight a fire, to revive something that has been lost, to excite, to stir up, to cause to begin burning again, to ignite again. I want to read it again. To rekindle means to relight a fire, revive something that has been lost, to excite, to stir up, to cause to begin burning again, to ignite again. And I, I just I'm so thankful for the Holy Spirit. I know Pastor's been referring back to the importance of stirring ourselves up. He did this past Sunday, and um, when the Lord started talking to me, I was uh, ministering in Utah at the Navajo Reservation, and I get online. It was the weekend that Dr. Savell and Jesse were here, and uh, they were ministering right along the the same lines. And so I'm just so thankful for the Holy Spirit. But in Second Timothy, right here, what we have this is one of the this is the last letter that Paul wrote to his son Timothy and talking about rekindling and recapturing that it's not about our past but it is about our future i want us to see from the heart of paul that at this day and age he was the one that was on fire he was the the spearhead of 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 blazing the trail of planning works of of starting churches i mean this this guy had was, was in the presence of God, and, and he had this inner fire on the inside of him to know God. He said, my determined purpose is that I'm going to know my Heavenly Father. No matter what I go through, I'm going to be determined that I'm going to know God. And he had this fire, and he realized that, okay, he was getting at the end of his race, and he knew that he had completed his course. And so he, he reaches out to his son Timothy, and he starts speaking to Timothy from his potential. As a spiritual father and the Spirit of God. So I want us to picture the Holy Spirit speaking to us tonight from the point of our potential. Paul is is getting at the end of his race and he's saying, Timothy, I want you to to pause for a moment and I want you to realize what's taking place here. That as I'm praying for you and I'm longing to come to you, the Lord's bringing up in me and reminding me of the faith of your grandmother and the faith of your mother. But Timothy, I want you to see that the same fire, the same faith that was in them is the same faith that's in you. Timothy, I need you to have ears to hear Because I'm fixing to pass the baton and you're gonna be the one that needs to get a hold to yourself and you're gonna be the one that needs to run your race and you're gonna be the one that needs to stay focused no matter what you face in life because you think of this fire that Paul had on the inside of him. This fire that got him through shipwreck, this fire that got him through beatings, this fire that got him through stonings, this fire that got him through um, judgment and persecution, this fire that caused him to get up whenever life had knocked him down, this fire, the one that was at the forefront burning bright, and he says, Timothy, you're fixing to get the baton, son. And the Lord is saying there's a rekindling and there's a recapturing, and it's not about your past, it's about your future. It's not about your past. We can't change the past. We can't go back to the past. We can't we can't do anything about the past besides learn from what we've walked through, learned about our Heavenly Father, learned about ourselves. Let's take the seeds of our past, sow them in our present to produce the harvest that God wants us to walk in, which is the harvest of victory, which is the harvest of healing, which is the harvest of overcoming, which is the harvest of conquering. Yes. There's a rekindling, there's a recapturing. And it's not about our past. It's about our future. The importance of us burning brightly is about our future. The importance of us being excited and ignited and lit again. Some of you, you are on fire. And I'm here just to add another log to your fire. Some of you, the fire has gone out and the Spirit of God is going to begin to blow <laughs> on that fire. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. He says, that is why I would remind you To stir up, rekindle the embers of, fan the flame of, keep burning the gracious gift of God, the inner fire. I want to read that again. That is why I would remind you to stir up. Say stir up. up. To rekindle the embers of, fan the flame of, keep burning, keep burning, keep burning the gracious gift of God, the inner fire. Because see, it's the inner fire that produces the outer fire. He says, he says, remind yourself, stir up that gracious gift of God, the gracious gift of salvation. Yes. The gracious gift of the blood of Jesus, the gracious gift of the word of God, the gracious gift of your calling, the gracious gift of your purpose, the gracious gift of your vision, the gracious gift that God has placed on the inside of you. Paul is saying, Timothy, I need you to allow the Holy spirit to do a work in you and then burn through you to change the world around you. There's a rekindling and there's a recapturing and it's not about our past. It is about our it's about our future why does god need us to burn why does he need us to light again why does he need us excited in the spirit why does he need us ignited why does he need us to to burn like this because he always has other people on his mind it's not about our past it is about our future so when i hear things like this i'm I'm asking him okay well what do we need to do go with me to revelations chapter 2 How do we need to position ourselves to rekindle, to stir, to be relit, to be ignited again? It's not about our past. It's about our future. Say that. It's not about my past. It's about my future. Now, in uh, Revelations chapter 2... The Spirit of God is revealing this to John on the Isle of Patmos about the church of Ephesus. And I'm just going to start in verse 2. And he says, I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say that they're apostles and are not. And you have found them liars. And you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you. That you've left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Notice what he's saying right here. He's he's addressing the church and he's saying, you're doing all of these great things. He says, but I've noticed something about you. In the Amplified verse 4 it says, but I have this one charge to make against you that you have left, abandoned the love that you had at first. You have deserted me, your first love. Remember then, from the heights you have fallen. Repent. Change the inner man To meet God's will. And do the works you did previously when you first knew the Lord. Or else I'll revisit you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you change your mind and repent. So how do we position ourselves for this rekindling, for this igniting, for this reviving, for this lighting again? He says, do the first works. Remember, remember from that place that you were when you first knew the Lord. Remember, go there when you were, were so passionate for God, when you realized that you were no longer going to hell, but now you're on your way to heaven. When you realized that His mercy was new every day, when you realized that it's not about my past, it's about my future. When you realized that I, I can approach God boldly and confidently because I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Remember the time when you realized the power in the name of Jesus. Go back, everybody. Do that. Right, right where you're at. Go, go back. When is the most passionate time in your relationship with God? I remember when I gave my life to the Lord. I didn't care what other people thought. I, I would, I would drive hours and hours to get to a service just because I was hungry for the Word of God. I would, I, I had this, I had a goat that was a, a, attached to a PVC pipe about twelve. 12 feet long here and I chase this goat in circles all the way around and their feet just they hop real fast and so as far as roping and rodeoing professionally you know you get where you can rope those feet going real fast and you get a bigger steer and his strides are slower it's like oh yeah you see it's kind of making it harder so it'll be easier you with me but I remember when I discovered Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, he said, This book of the law does not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that's written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will deal wisely and have good success. And I would, I would carry those three by five note cards in my left hand and I'd chase this goat and I would throw a loop and then I would, I would stop and I'd meditate the word. And I'd do that for hours and hours. I'd stick them in my back pocket and they'd get all sweaty and I'd have to make me new cards. And then that when I'd be practicing rope, and I'd run a steer and I'd pull the cards out and I'd meditate as I rode my way back. Do the first works. Do the first works. Do the first works. I remember whenever it, you were so hungry for the presence of God and so hungry for the word of God, you weren't going to let anyone or anything stop you from getting the word of God because you knew the word was what gave you life. I, I remember you know, finding Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20, my son be addicted to my word. I, I knew what it was like to be addicted. And, and, I, and I remember trying to overdose on the word of God. And you know what came out of being overdosing on the word of God? Vic, freedom, healing, deliverance. Vision, purpose, destiny, knowing who I am in Christ Jesus. Do the first works. How does this rekindling, how do I position myself for this rekindling to take place? I would do the first works. Let's do the first works. Say, do the first works. Because remember, you were so on fire. Remember, there'd be times guys would come out to rope, but because I was doing the first works and I was rekindled and I was on fire, they would come out to rope and they'd end up getting delivered from drugs and throwing away just, I mean, they would have 50, 60 CDs of this demonic music and get set free and delivered right then. Why? Because the fire began to get off of me onto them and it brought freedom to them, the same freedom it brought to me. There's a rekindling and a recapturing and it's not about our past, it is about our future. When my fire is burning and connects to your fire, then we just make a bigger fire. And even whenever you don't want to be around the fire, you know, you've been roasting weenies or a marshmallow or something. And you used to get over there a little too far. (laughs) What happened to my eyebrows? (laughs) My, My arms are real hairy. And you look up and it's just balled up because it got burnt. Why? Because it got a little too close to the fire. But that same fire that sets us free is the same fire. That brings freedom to other people. Amen. There's a rekindling and there's a recapturing. And it's not about our past. and It's about our future. And Paul is saying that there's a rekindling that God is wanting to take place. So position ourselves by doing what? Doing the first works. Say, do the first works. do the first works. What were you willing to do whenever you were the most passionate for God? What were you willing to, to give? What were, you, what were you willing to do? Remember when I was learning to, to live by the word, I was just willing. I didn't want to tell my mom and dad what I was doing. I was just determined either the word works or it doesn't work. And, I, of course, I made a lot of mistakes in the process of learning how to do this. But I remember I was determined. Oh, God, you said I'd, you'd bless everything I put my hand to. Three days later, I hadn't eaten nothing. I, I was fasting, not because I wanted to, because I didn't have a choice. <laughs> But I was doing the first works. I was so passionate to experience God's word that, that I, I mean, it had been three days and I was at a college rodeo and I was determined, I, man, God, you said you'd bless whatever I put my hands to. I come around there and I win the first go around and I go to Denny's and you would have thought I had a buffet. I, I ordered, I don't, I mean, I'm not kidding. The spread was this big. My shr- stomach had shrunk to this big, but I was willing to do whatever it took. ...to experience the Word of God. I was willing to do whatever it took. I I remember driving from El Paso to San Antonio... ...and I couldn't get anybody to go with me. And Benny Hinn's having a crusade up there. And and I was just so hungry. I stood outside seven hours to get inside... ...because I saw this, there was something about it. I thought, yeah, that's a bunch of crock... ...but there was something in me... That I was this hunger for the presence of God and I, and I get in there and I was on the, the corner of the stage on the second row and I'm watching and, uh, and I see people falling out in the spirit and I'm determined I'm not going down. I, I don't care what he does. <laughs> Next thing I know I'm picking myself up off the ground. I'm thinking well maybe there is something to this you know. And I hear this guy behind me, you know, about six, seven, eight rolls up behind me. Just... And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, what is going on? Guy's demon possessed behind me, you know, and he's just foaming at the mouth. And I'm thinking, oh, God, get me out of here, you know. I... But I was hungry, and I kept hearing this on the inside. Go lay your hands on him. I'm like, oh, I ain't laying nothing on him. And all these people are gathered around this guy, and he's, I mean, he's a big boy, too. They have him laid out, and then this went on for just a few minutes, and I kept hearing, lay your hands on him. Go lay your hands on him. I'm like, oh, I ain't doing nothing. So finally, it's like, I couldn't stand it anymore. I was like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing, but as soon as I get up there, his, his crusade team gets there, and they go make everybody else sit down. They said, except for you, and they pointed at me, and they said, you come with us. I was like, oh God. (laughs) So I have this guy by his ankles, you know, and they're pulling him and We get out into the foyer there and they lay him down and and I'm, so you can see me here. I'm at his knees right here and we're talking about doing the first works. What are we willing to do? Are we hungry enough for the things of God? And so I'm sitting here at this guy's ankles and then all of a sudden they cast the devil out of this guy and he raises up and just, the hottest air I've ever felt in my life. And I think, oh God. That ain't what happened to my hair, by the way, but (laughs) it might have had something to do with it, but I don't know with it, but, but that was something that I'll never forget the rest of my life. It was, what are we willing to do? What, what, what are we willing to do to do the first works for this rekindling and this, this relighting for this igniting? Because it's not about our past. It's about our future. As the world gets darker, the church is supposed to get brighter. Amen. And the Spirit of God is saying, there's some batons being passed. But I need you to get a hold of that gracious gift of God on the inside of you, that inner fire, and rekindle it. Position yourself for the Holy Spirit to fan the flame. Go with me to Second Corinthians chapter 3. There's a rekindling, there's a recapturing. It's not about our past, it is about our, it's about our future. Second Corinthians, so what can we do? We can do the first works. What can we do? Second Corinthians chapter 3 verse 16. In the Amplified it says, Whenever a person turns in repentance to the Lord, the veil is stripped off and taken away, now, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, emancipation from bondage, freedom, and all of us with unveiled face, because we continued, because we continued, what what, what can we do to position ourselves for this rekindling? Because we continued to behold in the Word of God, as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are constantly being transfigured into His very own image, in ever increasing splendor, and from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Now, when I was reading this in verse sixteen, it says, "Whenever a person turns in repentance." Now, repentance isn't necessarily a cry session. You know, when when you see the word repentance in the Bible, re always means to take it back. Pent means to place of room. That whenever it, it's talking about a lifestyle. That whenever we miss it, we ask for forgiveness. We receive forgiveness, and we get right back into the game. We don't have years to get on the sideline and nurse our wounds. We miss it. We receive forgiveness. We get right back in the game. Repentance is a lifestyle of changing my mind and changing my heart. It says, whenever we repent to the Lord, the veil is stripped off and taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty, freedom, emancipation from bondage freedom. Now, whenever I was reading this, the Lord reminded me of this story, and I just thought it was so funny. I'm at the, in high school here, me and my buddies were staying in this room, and, and uh, had this big hotel room, you know, where it's just total, it's facing the inside of the hotel room, and, and this big glass window's here, and the, the curtains are covered right here, and me and my two buddies were in there, and uh, and so I jump in the shower and out on the balcony, there's all kinds of high school kids and stuff, you know, out there, probably 50 kids or so out on this balcony, everybody clowning around and stuff. And so I get out of the shower and here I am in my, you know, my fruit of the looms and all of a sudden I'm just sitting here and they just pull the curtains. I mean, the veil was stripped off, you know, pulled back and I'm just sitting there, you know, just looking and all these people looking at me and just whooping themselves. And, and, and this is this is the image I got of us. This is what it looks like when we first come into the kingdom. We feel naked and vulnerable, right? (laughs) Uh, We shut the curtains. I'll tell you the rest of the story. We shut the curtains and I grabbed that one guy by the ankle and I pulled him out and his fruit of the looms and I shut the door. And so he's sitting out in the hallway like that. Anyway, let's go back. Let's go back. (laughs) I'm glad you love me, baby. The looms and all right <laughs> but 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 look, when we come into the kingdom and we 're doing the first works, and we're hungry, it's like we 're hungry it 's like we step we step, and that, that veil is uncovered, and, and we feel so vulnerable we feel. But as we continue, how 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 does this rekindling take place? As we continue in the word of God, the people might be watching or the devil might be sneering. Who do you think you are and everything? They turn away to snicker at their buddies. But when they look back, because you've been continuing in the word of God... Now you're not in the fruit of the looms. Now you have your loin belt of truth on. And now you have your breastplate of righteousness on. And now you have your shoes of peace on. And now you have your helmet on. And now you have your sword of the Spirit on. And now you have your shield. And you're no longer in your fruit of the looms and just sitting there vulnerable. But no, now you know who you are in Christ Jesus. And you're thinking when, believing when, talking when, acting when. There's an inner fire burning on the inside of you because you're continuing in the Word of God. How how do we position ourselves for this rekindling? We could go on and on with things to do, but do the first works. Say, do the first works. Continue in the Word of God. Continue, continue. Continue in the Word of God. See, a rekindling is a a stirring. And, And whenever we begin to allow the Holy Spirit to breathe on the inside of us, then we start to see ourselves the way the Father sees us, and then we can start to recapture, say recapture recapture who we truly are. See, the word recapture, listen to this definition, recapture, means to take something into your possession again, especially by force, the act of retaking. To recapture, to take something into your possession again, especially by force, the act of retaking, to take something into your possession again. So whenever there's a rekindling taking place in our life and we're stirring that gracious inner gift on the inside of us, then, then there's a recapture. There's a taking into possession who you are. There's a, there's a recapture. What do we need to recapture? Write this down, please. Purpose. We need to recapture our purpose. Proverbs nineteen twenty one says the purpose of God is what remains forever. When there's a, a rekindling and we position ourselves and we allow the Holy Spirit to begin to breathe In our inner man. See, we are designed by God. Our soul is designed to be on fire for God. Our soul is designed to be in love with God. Our soul is designed to hunger. It should be natural for us to do the first works. And as the Spirit of God begins to ignite and light and stir on the inside of us, then we begin to take while we are here. Purpose is your DNA. Purpose is who you're created to be. Purpose is why you're wired the way you're wired. Why you're gifted the way you're gifted. Your purpose. Recapture your purpose. Whenever you're rekindled, you'll start recapturing not only your purpose, but another thing to recapture is your vision. Once you recapture your purpose, you start to recapture vision. Vision is what it looks like for you to accomplish your purpose. Vision is purpose in pictures. When it, it 20 it looks this way, 30 it looks this way, 40 it looks this way, 50 it looks this way. Vision, where there is no vision, people perish. So how do I regain my vision? How do I see what it looks like for me to be the best me? How, does I, how do I see what it looks like for me to operate in my gifts and callings and assignments? How do I see? Position yourself to allow the Spirit of God to breathe upon your desires, to breathe upon your passions, to breathe upon your giftings, to breathe upon what He's placed on the inside of you. Right. Philippians 2.13 says, It is God who works in me both to will and to do for His good pleasure. Recapture your purpose, Recapture your vision. Recapture your passion. Recapture your passion. Yeah. Romans chapter 12. Recapture your passion. Why? Because passion always produces energy." Romans 12 verse 11, and they amplified. it says, "Never lag in zeal, and in earnest endeavor, be aglow and burning with the spirit." Serving the Lord. I want to read it again. Never lag in zeal and in earnest endeavor. Be glow. It's the same thing Paul was saying to Timothy. Be aglow, rekindle, reignite, light. Be burning with the Spirit, serving the Lord. It's not about our past. It's about our future. When you recapture your purpose, it's about your future. When you recapture your vision, it's about your future. When you recapture your passion, it's about your Future. See, when you you choose to be passionate and you you find that gracious gift, that inner fire is burning on the inside of you and you're passionate about knowing God and you're passionate about being who God has called and created you to be, it increases your willpower. It, it gives you the energy to go like you need to go and to develop like you need to develop it. It, it keeps you stepping when you don't want to keep stepping, but, the, but there's something in you that's stirring. It's the Spirit of God in you, His super on your natural, empowering you to take another step, empowering you, to keep becoming and keep developing, recapture your passion. Not only do we recapture our purpose and our vision and our passion, but recapture your, the plans that God has for your life. Jeremiah 29 11, you know, one of the Pastor's favorite scriptures. That if He's the one that knows the plans for my life, why wouldn't I position myself for the rekindling to take place and the recapturing to take place? and the reviving to take place, and the renewing to take place, recapture the plans. Proverbs chapter 16, verses 3 and 6 and 9, and it talks about many are the the plans in a man's mind, but it's the Lord who directs the steps recapture. What's your daily plan to grow? What's your daily plan to become? What's your daily plan to take a step closer to your dream? What's your weekly plan? Who are you planning to put yourself around on purpose that think bigger than you, that believe bigger than you, that see farther than you, that are that are doing things that seem impossible because their faith will get off on you and their fire will stir you and their hunger will stir you. And remember, remember the, the fire, log against log, fire against fire. What's it going to do? Make a brighter fire. What's your plan? What's your plan? There's a recapturing, there's a rekindling and a recapturing. It's not about our past, and it's, uh, it's it's about our future. Last few days, the Lord's been taken back, and I know that most of us know this: the importance of this rebuilding in our life and this rekindling and recapturing has to do with the power of praise. Go with me to Luke 17. The power of praise. See, see, praise is a is a choice. It's a I'm making a decision that I'm gonna praise God. Remember, there's always two times to praise God: one when you feel like it, and one when you don't. Right? Always two times to praise Him. Whenever I feel like it, or whenever I don't. Now, earlier in the, the the year, and a while back, we talked about just the rest, restoring power of God. And any time that God restores something, it multiplies. He multiplies it, increases, makes it better, improves it. And you see right here in Luke chapter 17, verse 11, it said, Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed. Do you have the Amplified? Okay, the Amplified. And he went on his way to Jerusalem. It occurred that Jesus was passing along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And as he was going into one village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance. And they raised up their voices and called Jesus, Master, take pity and have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go at once and show yourself to the priest. And as they went, say, as they went, they were cured and made clean. Then one of them, upon seeing that he was cured, turned back, turned back, recognizing and thanking and praising God with a loud voice. Notice he, he turned back because he realized. He realized that something had taken place on the inside of him. This is like doing the first works. Remember that when we were doing the first work. We, we recognized how powerful the word was. We recognize the power in the blood of Jesus. We recognize the importance of mercy. We recognize the importance of grace. We recognize that God was for us. We recognized, and something took place on the inside of this leper because he recognized, he recognized what God had done in his life. And it says, in thanking him and praising God with a loud voice, And he fell prostrate at Jesus' feet, thanking him over and over and over. Remember, whenever you couldn't stop thanking God for just all, even the little things. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You were addicted, and now you're free. You were sick, and now you're healed. You were broke, and now you had provision. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We might not be where we want to be, but thank God we're still not where we were. Thank you. See, there was a recognition of the power of God. There was a recognition of the goodness of God. There was a recognition of what God had done when he said go show yourself and he was cured. There was a change that took place. And what was the response? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you that my eyes see. Thank you that my ears hear. Thank you that my feet work. Thank you that my heart works. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. you." As people of faith, that is what we do. We see a promise, we receive the promise, and what do we say? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Acts chapter 16. As you turn over there, I want to read the rest of that as he as he recognized and thanked and praised God verse 17. Jesus asked, "Were not all 10 cleansed? Where are the nine?" Was there no one found to return to recognize and give thanks and praise to God except this alien? And he said to him, get up and go on your way. Your faith, your trust, your confidence that springs from your belief in God has restored you to health. Has restored you to health. See, God is wanting to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think. And it was great that he was cured like the other nine, the, other, the others in the bunch. But this one, I want to identify with this one that was re- willing to turn back. See, that's a form of repentance, turning back in my mind and in my heart, and I'm recognizing you as my source. I'm recognizing you as my deliverer. I'm recognizing you as my healer. I'm recognizing you are the one, the same God that was with Moses, that part of the sea, is the same God that is with me. The same God that's with Abraham is the same God that's with me. I'm recognizing, thank you for being with me. Thank you for being in me. Thank you for being on my side. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And exceeding abundantly as he was restored, improved, multiplied, increased, and made better. Part of this rekindling and recapturing the power of praise. The power of praise is so powerful. Acts chapter 16. Very familiar scripture, but let's look at it. Acts 16 verse 25. But about midnight, as Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God and the other prisoners were listening to them, suddenly, say suddenly, Suddenly. there was a great earthquake so that the very foundation of the prison was shaken and at once all the doors were opened and everyone's shackles were unfastened. When the jailer, startled out of his sleep, saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was on the point of killing himself because he supposed that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. Now notice what begins to happen, because none of us are facing the situation like Paul and Silas were. I mean, they had been beaten, they were in pain, they, was, they were bloody. But what did they decide to do? Praise is a choice of our will. They were, remember, two times to praise God when. When we feel like it and when we don't. And they started praising God before the shackles came off. They started praising God before the doors began to open. They started praising God before they reached their destiny. They started praising God before the healing manifest. They started praising God before as they begin to sing and thank and praise God. Thank you, Lord. And I believe as we begin to shift our focus from our problem, from our situation to the goodness of God, then the shackles come off, then the doors begin to open. Why? Because it's not about our past, it's about our future. Notice how they begin to praise and thank God. And not only did it bring freedom to them and freedom to the other prisoners, but it brought salvation to the jailer in his house. Amen. Remember, God always has other people on His mind. He always has other people on His mind. When He placed that gift in you, He saw the people that you're called and created to reach. When he wired you the way that you're wired, he saw the anointing of God, his presence flowing in you and through you, making a difference to the people around you. Praise you. Thank you. I know it might look like I'm in shackles. It might look like the doors are shut. But I praise you that I know that you are a delivering God. I know that you are my shield and my rock and my fortress. I praise you, Psalms 34:1, The praise of God. I will praise God at all times. At all times, your praise will continually be on my mouth. Hebrews thirteen, fifteen. because that's the sacrifice. He says, I want this fruit, the fruit of your lips being thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Instead of looking at the symptom, let's look at the healer. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Instead of looking at the lack, let's look at the provider. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, 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 thank you. Thank you Lord. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Tell me, there's power in being thankful. So we can either be complainers or we can be conquerors. We can be pitiful or we can be powerful like Joyce Meyer says. We can be whiners and weaners. But you can't be a whiner and a winner. Do the first works. When you didn't see the way that it was going to manifest. But you made the decision... I'm going to look through the problem, and I'm going to look to the author and the finisher of my faith, who is Jesus, and I'm going to hold on to that promise. Just like Abraham, I'm going to become strong in faith, giving praise and glory to God. I position myself doing the first works, continuing in the Word, saying, Thank you! I'm recapturing. This is the purpose. I know it doesn't look like it's going to come to pass, but I'm recapturing that purpose, and I'm recapturing the vision. See, the greatest enemy to vision is sight. What we see a lot of time talks us out of what we see. That's why what we see has to be stronger than what we see. When this is stronger than what is out here, this out here can't stop you. That's why the power of thanksgiving and praise, Father, I thank you. I thank you that that, that my bride is after you. I thank you that my kids are after you. I thank you that our accounts are full. I thank you that our bodies are strong. I thank you, Lord. I thank you. And the doctor's saying, no, it's not. And the symptoms are saying, no, it's not. And the economy's saying, no, it's not. Nope, nope. Thank Thank you. 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 Thank you, thank you, thank you. The same God who forgave me is the same God who heals me. The same God who healed my body is the same God who provides. The same God who did this and that is the same God that is in me right now. Thank you, thank you. If God is for me, who can be against me? Nobody, nothing, nobody. See, there's a a rekindling and there's a recapturing. And it's not about our past, but it's about our future. And the Spirit of God is saying burn baby burn what are we willing to do not because it's about works but like Paul told Timothy we're we're positioning ourselves to get a hold of that gracious gift and he says get a hold of that inner fire Get a hold of that inner fire. Some of you, it's been a while since you've got a hold of that inner fire. I'm believing, God, that there's an inner fire ignited tonight in, in, in our marriages, in our businesses, in our callings, in our visions, in our dreams. Everybody stand to your feet. And I want you just to, to, just, just to lift your hands up to the Lord like this. And I want you to close your eyes and I want you to, to recall the moment when you were the most passionate for God, when you were the hungriest, when you were willing to, to stay up all night, drive all night, whatever it took, You were, you were willing. Say, I'm willing, Lord. Now, Holy Spirit, I ask you to breathe upon every relationship here. I ask you to breathe upon every business represented here. I ask you to breathe upon our physical bodies. I ask you to, to breathe upon our minds, our ideas, our inventions, our callings, our vision. Breathe life. Breathe fire. We stir up that inner gift on the inside of us. And we say, thank you. Thank you, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you that you're in us. You're with us. You're for us. Thank you. Thank you that we're delivered. Thank you that we're forgiven. Thank you that your mercy is is new every day. Thank you that your grace is sufficient. Thank you that your word is still as powerful today as it's ever been in our life. Thank you, Lord, that you're watching over your word to perform it. Thank you, Lord, that you're making crooked paths straight. Thank you that you're straightening out our thinking, and you're straightening out our believing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. like that leopard, Lord, we recognize that you are the way. You are the truth. You are the life. We recognize that you are our healer. You are our deliverer. And we say thank you over and over and over. Thank you. Thank you, Daddy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, Father, even while we sleep, I ask that you're doing a work on the inside of us. Your word says, when we hunger and thirst after righteousness, that we will be filled. Yes. That as we do our first works, there's a rekindling. As we continue in the Word, there's a rekindling. As we get up in the morning and as we go, there's a recapturing of our purpose. There's a recapturing of our vision. There's a recapturing of our passion. There's a recapturing of our plan. And we let the praise of God continually be on our lips. We say, thank you. Father, I ask you to turn these workplaces upside down. I ask that you show favor as we praise and we pray and we thank you, Lord, that the doors are opening to share your goodness. The doors are opening for financial increase. The doors are opening for divine connections. The doors are opening. The faithful flourish and it's as days of heaven upon the earth. And we say, thank you that we're expanding. Thank you that we're increasing. Thank you that we're flourishing. Thank you that we're making steady progress. Thank you that we're growing. Thank you that we're succeeding. Thank you that we flourish and thrive, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hmm. Second Peter and Pastor, I'm to turn it over to you. Second Peter chapter three, verses one and two. Peter says, I, the reason I, I'm writing this to you is because I wanted to stir up your pure, your pure mind. He said, the reason I'm, I'm sharing these teachings with you as, a, as an apostle is what he is saying is because I want to sh- stir up your pure mind. Because when we stir up, see, words stir for good or for bad. Acts chapter 13, verse 50, it says that the, the words stirred up the Jews and they persecuted and they, they drove them out of the region. See, whenever we use words in the wrong way, it stirs up wrong emotion. But when we use words right way, it stirs up the right emotion. When we begin to say about ourselves what God says about us, it, it stirs up our pure mind because our mind wasn't created to think in any other way except according to the Word of God. But we've got to stir up our pure mind. Did you get something out of the Word tonight? God bless you guys, Pastor. Thank you.